Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, hello. Firstly, I just want to say thank you all for the uh, glowing reviews about my podcast I did with Tommy. I always have to emotionally blackmail him. I say always, he's done it twice, but I always have to emotionally blackmail him to do it. So it's very nice to show him positive feedback. So um, really appreciate it. I can't believe it's a whole week since we recorded that and now I'm back again. But do you know what? I've had quite a good week. I uh, took Alpha. I took a day off, which I've, I always want to do, but just never happens because of various things. But this year I was like, do you know what? I need to have better boundaries. Um, I've only got a few weeks left until Alpha is not my only one anymore. So I took him to the London Aquarium and it was really great but what I will say is I was not expecting quite as much heavy lifting um, as I needed to do with getting him in and out of prams on tubes and in high chairs to the loo in public places so it felt like a workout that I didn't need in my third trimester but it was really nice and also I had a friend come to stay this weekend so I talk a lot about the mum identity and how it's something I'm still grappling with and um, one of the big things that I've really struggled with especially moving away from where most of my friends live is not having that time with my friends who are sort of like my family and my lifeline so I've stepped up my adulting and I bought a calendar and I've started scheduling things in in the future which for most of you are probably like okay but for me this is a big step because I'm the type of person that wakes up in the morning and I'm like oh I've got no plans today hey what are you doing and everyone's like yeah I'm booked until September 2072 so I've decided to be that person and it's really nice. We went to the beach, a really nice place in Essex called Leon Sea. Do you know what? I feel like this is going to be the year, even though I'm about to enter newborn territory again, that I feel a little bit more to grips with my identity. And so I have the perfect guest this week who not only am excited because she's really, really bloody funny. And I always say that I wish my podcast was a bit funnier. So um, this is the perfect guest. But also she talks so much about identity and actually her whole brand and business was launched off this sort of mum identity. So she firstly is a mum of three. She's someone I knew from a past life because... Uh, we were at the same model agency, which feels so long ago. And um, she is a campaigner. She's got a podcast as well. She's got a book coming out, which we'll chat about later. Um, she is honestly, 
I'm going to say one of the funniest people on social media. Even Tommy was like, you need to follow this person. And I was like, I know that person. Um, and did I say she's mother of three? I can't remember baby brain, but um, I'll just introduce her. So it is Louise Boyce, a.k.a. Mama Still Got It. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm all right, actually. I'm a, I'm a little bit jet lagged, but... Um... I'm fine. The kids are all at school and nursery. I was in Miami doing a photo shoot. Is there anything better than being on a plane without children? Oh my God, it's the best. It's like, it's actually the best. I was 11 hours on the plane. I read a book. I watched movies. I went to the loo alone. I had some wine. It's like being on holiday. I was going to say, when I speak to friends who don't have kids, who, by the way, I'm I'm so guilty of this, so no judgment. And when you're like, how was the flight? And they were like, oh, it's really long. It's really hard. Really stressful. Yeah, I couldn't really sleep. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. That literally sounds like heaven to me, being like locked in an aluminium tin where no one can disturb me and I get to watch a film. Yeah, exactly what you said. It was like being on holiday. But but it's weird because whenever I travel with my kids – you know, you kind of go, oh my God, if only I was traveling alone. And then you travel alone and they're like, oh, I really miss my kids. It's like a constant kind of like, can I just be happy in this moment? Um, but I, I was happy in the moment when I was just, I watched that movie Elvis. It's amazing. Managed to watch the whole thing with no interruptions. It was brilliant. Yeah, very good. What I'd love to talk to you about is how Mama Still Got It actually came about. Because what's mad is I knew you at this time. Mm. And I think this is the really interesting thing about motherhood is, we seem to go through these huge identity shifts that are so invisible that to anyone else, you're still the same person, but inside you're like, what the fuck am I? Who the fuck am I? Mm. Talk to me about your sort of like the birth of mama still got it, but also your experience with the mum identity. Yeah. So, um, as you said, yeah, we were at the same modeling agency and I was modeling from the age of on and off from like 15 all the way to when I, uh, became pregnant which is when I was 31 and I wasn't with my I wasn't with uh, my agency then I was with my previous agency I told them I was pregnant and they treated it like some kind of disease and they were like and they actually said okay well you're done now I was like oh my god really oh god that's horrendous and I suddenly went from like being this jet setting model going everywhere earning nice money independence like you know I had had like you know a great life to then having absolutely nothing and bringing a baby into the world without an income um, and really kind of questioning who I am where where am I going in life I never thought I'd bring a child into this world without having a plan without having an income Um, luckily my partner you know could just about at the time support us both but it was really quite frightening and then on top of that you do have that kind of identity crisis where you question everything and you see yourself change you see your body change you see your hair change your skin everything and um and I had wonderful pregnancies I loved them I loved being pregnant but there was always this kind of undercurrent of what happens next like I can't wait to have this baby but it almost felt like it was held against me and clients and I caught I saw other models have children And then not necessarily come back to work. Like that was it. They were done. And I didn't, I was 31. I still had fuel in the tank. I still wanted to work. I still could work. And then um, I started working at our agency because that seemed to be the next step after my baby was born, which is when I met you. 
And um, so I was there for a while and then had my other baby. And then I knew it was too difficult for me to go back to work full time. And again, I was stuck in this place where I didn't know my next move. I didn't know what I was going to do. And then just randomly, I was feeding Sonny, my second child. He was about six months old, um, just feeling really blah, just feeling really, you know, when you're on maternity leave and you've got nothing to do apart from look after your child, which is great, but I needed something for me as well. And then I got an email from my agency saying, um, there's a client in Italy that wants to shoot you. And it was like a great um, photographer, great client. Do you want to do it? Are you ready? And I just looked at my son and I just said, oh, I guess mama's still got it. And then this weird like light bulb moment happened. And I was like, oh, that's quite a good name. And I just looked at the domain name. It was available. So I bought it straight away and just thought there must be other women out there that want to still feel like they are still a woman rather than just a mother and they want to hold on to their identity and they still want to go back to work and still do all the things that we did before. And so it started from there really. And um, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if it would appeal to anyone. I had no idea. At the time I wasn't even on social media. I had a private account. So I changed everything. I literally just went for it. Didn't know what I was doing. I was slightly embarrassed. Had to kind of say to my friends, I've changed my Instagram name and I don't know what I'm doing, but there will be more selfies of me, which made me cringe at the time. Um, but it, they were like, you know, just do what you need to do. And I'm so pleased that I did because I nearly didn't do it out of like lack of confidence that you get when you do kind of lose your identity of becoming a mother. Obviously, that lack of confidence made me not believe in myself. And um, I just went for it, really. And the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> When did um, things really start to take off with you? Because, like, would it have been lockdown? Really? How, like, how do you do these funny reels? Honestly, they're they're so good. But like, where did the idea even come from, and how do you execute them so brilliantly? Uh, thank you. It's weird because before COVID, my content was very different to what it is now. I think before COVID, it was very much you know there was still some humour there, but it was more um, pictures. And I guess actually reels went around back then. So there was more pictures and more like, you know, my, my makeup transitions, which is, you know, I still do. And then COVID happened. And obviously, as we know, everything shut down. And I was actually really quite anxious and scared about all of COVID at first. Um, I felt, yeah, really on edge. And I had to stop looking at the news. Um, and I, I, I was, it was weird. Like I was going to bed, like when I was having like these kind of mini panic attacks and just feeling like I can't constantly hear about what's going on in the world I'd rather just shut myself off and not know and so that's when I kind of turned to humor um I started like scrolling on TikTok and saw really funny content like and it was really uh it was like a breath of fresh air it wasn't on Instagram at the time and it made me laugh out loud which helped me feel like easier and just more relaxed and so I thought, well, maybe I could try this out myself. So I joined TikTok and obviously I didn't have any followers at all there because I started from scratch. I kind of thought, well, I'll do some funny content on TikTok and my Instagram followers won't see it because they're probably not on TikTok. So I kind of felt a bit kind of like, well, no one's going to see it. It doesn't matter. So I kind of like put, again, I put myself out there just thinking no one's going to see it. And so I started doing funny content and it, started to take off and then I would put my TikTok videos onto Instagram to see how they would do and I was quite surprised as well that it, it kind of did well and then 
I I just evolved into then doing these silly hands, um, which <laughs> was completely. It was just fluke. It was just like I had them anyway. Um, in a in a drawer because a friend gave them to me when I gave birth to my third. She was like, "You need an extra pair of hands. Here you go, have these." I was like, "That's a bit weird, mate." But <laughs> turns out, turns out they're now part of my identity, which is bizarre. I didn't join Instagram to become the girl with the silly hands, but there you go. And um, the reels are just from everyday life experiences and um, kind of put a light spin on all the the crap that. We go through on a daily basis. It's so funny. And I love that you, yeah, it's the stuff that is actually not that lighthearted, but you make it lighthearted and you make it funny and it's still really positive. And I feel like often when mums try to like, or parents in general, but especially mums try to be open about the struggles, they're sort of like cast off as like, oh, don't have children then or don't be so negative. And yeah, it's it's great because it is, I mean, it's, hilarious like I said Tommy's always like have you seen this one have you seen this one but I think I've always done that whenever there's been something quite stressful going on in my life without me realizing I've always kind of spun it and tried to put a a positive twist on it and I guess I've done that in my um in my videos like I'm struggling at the moment with my three-year-old to get to bed like reading her reading her story is hell I, I did a video on it thinking, honestly thinking, maybe I'm the only one that goes through this. Maybe I'm alone here. Maybe my daughter, maybe people are going to say there's something wrong with your daughter. But what's what I find fascinating is these videos go out and then the amount of people that are like, oh my God, I've got the same problem. I can relate to that. And not only does it make me feel better and normal, it makes the followers who are watching it feel normal. And oh yeah, my kid's doing the same thing. And it, it's, kind of, it's kind of like this universal we're all in this together. We're all going through this together. And yes, it's really difficult, but yes, we can look at the light side of it because it's not going to last forever and then we'll miss it, apparently. (laughs) As someone who's kind of still going through this sort of like identity crisis, and I think a lot of this has been heightened by lockdown, that my motherhood Mm -hmm. and lockdown journey was so intertwined that I'm Mm -hmm. a bit like, what the fuck? What the fuck was that? Mm -hmm. Um, When did you start to feel kind of like oh this is me and I am still Louise but I'm Louise 2.0 or 3.0 <laughs> or whatever you want to call it and yeah. what advice would you give to people like me or, or people even earlier in their journey like you know new mums who are struggling like what yeah. advice how, what was your timeline it's, it's hard to kind of put like an actual date on it I mean these things happen really gradually um and I I must say that I do feel more like me now than I have done in you know in a long time but it does take time and it's little things like you said earlier about meeting up with your friends like making plans like still doing those little things that you did before you were a mother are so important to me um and the things that you can forget to do because you're so busy doing everything else but I'm in a whatsapp chat and um one of my friends who decided to not have children I must say, she's the one that's always like, right, when are we next meeting up? When are we dating the diary? And she's the one that organizes everything because the rest of us are mothers and the rest of us are like, I can't, I can't think, I haven't got the time or um, you're answering other messages from the school WhatsApp, which is just never ending. I must admit, she is the one that kind of brings us all together. And whenever we are together and we, we do try and get together, say like once a month, like a nice dinner, drinks, or even a weekend away. And it's those key things that make me feel like me... Like I've still got it. Like I've kind of, I can have it all in a way, but it's little 
little things. Going to just the cafe and getting a cup of coffee by myself. Those little things that I did before just makes me feel like me. And it's bizarre because when I went to Miami just now, which is what I used to do all the time before as a mother, I was literally flying all the time by myself. And um, it's weird because I remember, like all these memories come flooding back, but I was actually quite lonely. I was quite, and I longed for a family of my own. And I longed to, I used to look at other families flying and think, that's what I want. I want to be on a flight with, with small children. Little did I know. <laughs> so even though I did do all these lovely things alone, I was alone and I wanted, I pined for a family. And now that I have that family, it's funny that I pined to be alone. So there's, even before I was a mother, I wouldn't say that my life was perfect because it wasn't in any way. But it's little things. And I, I think also holding on to my identity for me was when I kind of threw myself into to work, like what I wanted to do. Like I, I really worked on my, my brand and wanted people to hear my message. And for me, just having something that wasn't just being a mum helped me feel like there's my identity. And again, getting your hair done or getting your eyebrows threaded, which I really need to do at the moment, um, <laughs> getting your nails done, all these little things that you're treating yourself. Even they're small, small things, but you add up those small things over time and then it feels like a big thing. I also think it's important to have, uh, you know, a great partner by your side who makes you feel like the person you were before. Um, I must admit, my husband's very good at making me feel like I've still got it. He's very complimentary, even when I looked and felt absolutely disgusting after I gave birth. He was still like, you look really beautiful. And I was like, I fucking don't, but thanks. So I think it's having that support there as well, which is really nice. But yeah, but it's it's something that happens over time. Uh, you know, I, I, I still am a work in progress. I, I do feel confident and I know who I am, but I still get days of like, bleh. Yeah, as we all do. Yeah, what's interesting to me is I kind of relate to all the things you're saying of, you know, going through motherhood and then like making that time for yourself and getting your autonomy back and mm. seeing your friends again and getting to go out. But how was it for you as a mum of three going back into those newborn days? Because when I listen to this, it almost makes me, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm so excited to meet my little girl and I'm so excited to get to experience it all again now that I know it with less of an expectation but also knowing that the hard bits sort of end mm. and I mean never say never but I want this to be my last child so I'm hoping that I'll just get to enjoy all the little moments within the mm. really mundane shit parts but how did you cope with kind of giving up a lot of that autonomy and all of the things that make you feel like you've still got it or was there a way that you managed to find balance for anyone that is listening who is either still breastfeeding or not able to leave their child for whatever reason yeah i think i always remind myself and i still do now when when times are tough that it passes it does pass and then it and then you forget it and it sounds like mad but my brother's had a baby and he's my brother's having a, a really tough time with him with sleep training and getting to eat the right foods and he's really stressing out about it and he's like Louise what did you do and I'm there just going I can't remember I can't remember but I know when I was in it it was awful and I couldn't see light at the end of the tunnel but everything that we go through as parents it passes and it passes so quickly and then you forget or you miss it and 
I'm so envious of you about to have a baby. Not that I want another one. I'm definitely done. (laughs) That whole newborn experience is so short and it's so magical and it's so wonderful. And it's like my favorite part of having, I think, a child. Actually, there's loads of great parts, but that is those first few weeks where, yes, you're kind of like you're recovering and your body's just performed this most miraculous thing. But it's that it's that initial bond and that time just healing together I absolutely I'd love to do that again yes it's hard and you're wearing you know nappies yourself and your nipples hurt and all that jazz but it's just magical (laughs) and it passes you know what I'm so excited to do which I didn't quite appreciate the first time round just being able to like binge watch series and especially because I'm having a plan c-section I know that I have to stay in bed for the first two weeks more or less because I've been told you know the the more you do that then the easier the recovery is after so Tommy's mum is a nurse and she's going to come over yeah and I feel like the first time I was like oh it's locked down I'm bored in the house and I didn't Mm. quite appreciate that those binge watching marathons would slowly but gradually slowly come to an end around the six month mark whereas this time I said to Tommy like let's let's make a list of all the series that we haven't seen and we can catch up because Al's going to be in childcare and I literally cannot wait (laughs) to just be cut open in bed with my second and my third I think with my first everything's a bit like oh my god what the hell's going on but with my second and my third I actually you know, when you get like the the baby blues, like I think it's day three or day four in or something when, you're, when your milk starts coming in and you get that kind of like, well, the usual baby blues. And I embraced it. I was said to my husband, I was like, right, tomorrow I'm going to be crying my eyes out. So what we're going to do is I'm going to get all these movies lined up, the ones that are going to make me sob. And so we set up all these movies and I just sat there breastfeeding, just sobbing. And my husband kept going, are you sure you're okay? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. It's just part of the process. And I just embraced it and I loved it. And then, because it's obviously as part of the this, this release and it just, I don't know, it's just, I just tried to embrace as much as I could. And I still try and do that now, even when, you know, I've got other issues with my children, like my 10 year old doesn't want to do his homework or my seven year old is just always wants to be on his iPad. And then my three year old doesn't like going to bed. Like there's always something, but with something, I know it's going to pass. Um, and that's what I keep reminding myself when things are tough, I know it will pass as everything does. And then obviously you get something else and you know, that's going to pass, but generally all this, all the, the crap that I went through when they were younger, A, you forget, or B, you miss it. You just miss it. It's bizarre. And I remember at the time thinking, I'm not going to miss this. I'm not. And then you look back at photos and oh my God, but they were so cute. Look how small they are. And I, I miss that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This advert is organized and funded by Sanofi's Together Against RSV Disease Awareness Campaign and is for UK residents only. Now I want to take a moment to raise awareness of a respiratory illness called respiratory syncytial virus, which is a common and contagious illness in children. RSV causes infection in the lower part of the respiratory system in infants. These are known as lower respiratory tract infections. RSV infection can cause respiratory illnesses such as bronchiolitis, pneumonia and croup. Most RSV illnesses in babies are mild and clear up on their own. However, some cases can be more serious and require hospital care. RSV is a leading cause of lower respiratory tract infections and hospitalisation in children worldwide, affecting 90% of infants by their second birthday. As parents, it's important for us to have the information we need to better understand RSV, what can be done to prevent infection and how to spot the signs and symptoms of RSV-related illness. To help support parents in protecting their children against RSV, Sanofi has launched the Together Against RSV campaign and their website, togetheragainstrsv.com, provides accurate information, resources and helpful advice about infant RSV. So go to www.togetheragainstrsv.com to learn more about RSV. Hi, I'm Tally and I'm getting married in 2024, but I don't want to get sucked into feeling like I have to change everything about myself in the lead up to the big day. As soon as I got engaged, I felt like there was this extra pressure to change my body and try to look perfect. So I wanted to create the Anti-Diet Bride podcast to talk about it, because shouldn't your wedding be about celebrating your marriage and not about the size of your waist? So join me chatting to fellow brides, wedding industry experts, and even my fiance as we navigate this roller coaster planning process. Come and join the bridal party. Listen on the first Wednesday of every month on the Train Happy podcast feed, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts from. I guess that's like the lesson in it that a lot of it is quite shit at the beginning and I yeah. guess nothing can prepare. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not the newborn bit, but there are lots of shit bits in sleep deprivation and sore nipples and healing from birth and all of that. But it's like the little moments that you remember. And I guess it's much like the rest of life as well. You could have a holiday where you argue all the yeah. time or 
so much can go wrong, but then you remember all the, like the good moments within that holiday and you're like, oh, wasn't that fun? And you're like, well, yeah, she argued the whole time. That was not fun. Yeah, no, totally. Honestly, I mean, spot on. I was looking at some photos um, at Miami airport because we were delayed. So I started going through my phone looking at some pictures and I found um, photos of when we went to Aruba back in 2019. And I remember there was one night in particular that Jesse and I had this huge argument before we went out. But then I look at the pictures and I'm like, oh my God, that was such a nice night. Oh, how lovely. I'm like, actually, was it? But, it, but we, do, we do seem to hold on to fonder memories, or I do anyway, which is a, maybe it's a survival mechanism. <laughs> we love to romanticize the past and fantasize about the future, but we're less good at living in the moment, aren't we? And I feel like maybe that's something to take away. That's very true, yeah. I want to pick up on something that you mentioned earlier, which was that you felt disgusting after childbirth, especially as a model. Like, what? How did you kind of feel body confident again? It's bizarre because when I was pregnant for the first time, I think um, we went on holiday and that was the first time, really, that I felt confident having my tummy out properly on the beach, but because I was pregnant. And so I was showing off this lovely bump. Um, and I felt really confident being in a bikini, whereas, you know, previous to that, I was always very self-aware of my body. You know, I've had a bit of a weird relationship with my body since I was 15. But when I was pregnant, I had this confidence because I was allowed to have this big tummy. And then after I gave birth, I was really curious as to how my tummy would be because obviously I knew it changed and I didn't realize after I gave birth, I still looked like I was pregnant. Um, and I always thought that that wasn't the case. I thought it just kind of went down straight away. Like at the time I wasn't on social media. None of my friends had had babies. Um, so I didn't know all these things. So I was like, oh God, is this normal? I don't know. And then I must admit, like since becoming a mother, I'm more likely to wear a swimming costume on the beach than I am a bikini. Maybe that's because there's so much comparison between women a lot. And sometimes I just think I'd just rather not be involved in that. So I just, I'll just wear a swimsuit just to, to not have the chat of how often do you work out or, or not. And it's, I find that quite difficult sometimes. And if we think about it, we're like the first generation of, parents to be on social media and so for now more than ever before there's so much comparison with everything how you parent how your body is how your house is where do you go on holiday all these things that we can just look into people's lives now that we never did before and that can be quite difficult as well especially for for new mothers who have lost that bit of confidence and identity at the beginning and for me to get that confidence back Again, like I just, it's just a work in pro, it's just a work in progress. I had learned to love my body. I realized that it had performed this miraculous thing. You know, growing a baby inside you is incredible what our body does. Our body just knows what to do, just gets on with it. And um, it made me just really have a bit more respect for myself, respect for my body. And so after I gave birth, and obviously my tummy had changed. You kind of think, okay, yeah, that's fine. But look what it's done. Look, look what it's produced. Look, I can see what it's produced. I've got these people in front of me who are amazing. And that's, that means more to me than how my tummy looks. And it's, you know, just, 
being kind to yourself, the way that we speak to ourselves is so important. Like even those little things that we think all the time that are maybe negative. You know, I've learned to kind of go, whenever I find myself being mean to myself, I have to just shut it off and say, no, 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 no. And spin it around and say, actually, my body's done this and it's incredible. And I'm still here. Like years ago, when I was in the height of my eating disorder days, I was told I couldn't even have children. So the fact that I've got three healthy children is, is, is miraculous. So I, I remind myself of that a lot. And, um, but it's, it's definitely a process and it's just being kinder to yourself, not comparing yourself to anyone. I think that's a hard thing is just not comparing. You know, you see these celebrities or influencers online who have like had a baby like yesterday and they've got like a six pack and you're like okay that's great that works for you that's great but you know that's not everyone and I think there are women out there that that really do compare and do get affected and that's why I started um that campaign for um more honesty and maternity advertising because they were pregnant women comparing themselves to these models online who weren't actually pregnant and looked perfect in these clothes oh I remember this and there's such an irony in the fact that you were told you got pregnant and were told that you wouldn't work again and yet there's all these maternity images out there so you're like surely I can at least do maternity shoots but actually they don't they don't want actual is it has that changed as a result of your campaigning or yes it's changed oh great it's changed it's changed yeah so but I mean I always knew that I always knew okay I got pregnant I can't do um modeling because they like to use the the phone bumps and I mentioned this on my Instagram um thinking that everyone knew about it sort of thinking it was like common knowledge and then the amount of women who were like oh my god thank you because I've been dieting to try and look like these other pregnant people. How come that lady can look so perfect pregnant when I'm swelling everywhere and everything's grown. But the fact that they now know that they weren't pregnant and now it states on the website, it states that this model is wearing a, a phone bump and it's not actually pregnant. I actually know quite a few people who are actually influencers who have given birth and look like they haven't given birth. And obviously it's easy to be like, what a bitch. But actually they feel really they feel really insecure to post about anything online because they feel kind of unworthy or not oh, good role no. models. That's what they're always told. You're you're not real, yeah. you're not real, this is not a real reflection of women. And it made it made me realise that actually the shaming is on both ends. One of the girls I know who, you know, did look like she didn't have a baby, she still had a, a bladder prolapse and incontinence and all of the things that I had. And, and I think this is the thing for me that made me realize for anyone who is comparing, it's like, we are made to feel that bouncing back and baby weight, which is a rank term in itself are the most important things or kind of like the factors of postnatal recovery. When actually, you know, I even think like Emily Ratajkowski, I mean, she's like not human with how her body changes after pregnancy but we don't know like she might be shitting herself she might have <laughs> all of these you know she might have the biggest yeah. piles like her, if her piles are bigger <laughs> than mine I doubt it but we just don't know and I think that's what I always say to anyone that is lacking body confidence or is feeling that you know they're comparing themselves to someone else because 
it is the tip of the iceberg with postnatal recovery, as anyone who has given birth knows. Like, you know, hopefully yeah. none of us have issues, but I know yeah. for a fact I do. And when I lost weight because of COVID, and everyone was like, oh my God, how did you lose the baby weight? And I was like, because I'm ill and I'm depressed and I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, by the way, I'm still shitting myself. So I just want to feel normal. I couldn't care less about whether I weigh whatever I weigh. I don't know. Or whether I look like I haven't had a baby. I just want my body to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That is the most important thing. Yeah, we don't want to be shitting ourselves. So yeah. Nobody wants that. Yeah, I think we've finally got a name now as well. So yeah, it's all feeling very real. I'm very excited. Are you waiting? No. The reason I'm not sharing is because our first name that we had for her... Um, which awkwardly I've I told my family and I, and it was kind of like a sort of family name and we changed our mind but we we made the mistake of telling people and Tommy's brother um, said it sounded like a porn star and so that totally put Tommy off the name <laughs> so we we have we have learned oh it's not it's not fair yeah we've learned not to share we didn't tell anyone our names because yeah we didn't tell anyone the names of our children because of that reason people relate names to certain people. Um, but then I've got to say, like, our family went, you know, they didn't hold back how they felt about our name. To be fair, with with Alf was the same. When we said about Alf's name, my mum was like, oh, well, you've got six months to change your mind. <gasps> oh, my We're God. Like, I know. No, it's, like, so, it's not right. Like, my, um, my father-in-law is a retired teacher. So, obviously, he can relate people back to names, like students and stuff. So, we called our second child Sunny. And we didn't tell anyone, but we love the name Sunny. And then he was like, he literally was like, you cannot call your child that. You have you have to change his name. How about Sam? Do you like Sam? I was like, you can't tell me what to call my child. Yeah, so I was like, it's Sunny. It's name for Sunny. I know he loves it. I was going to say, I had another girl's name that I loved and Tommy wasn't quite keen on. And so I mentioned it to my best friend around Tommy thinking like, she's going she's gonna to really egg this on and make Tommy let me pick the name. And she was like, yeah, pretty much everyone I know with that name is a massive slut. And I was like, this is not helping. The last name is a porn star. Now the name is a slut. So my lips are sealed. I, I promise you, oh, no. podcast listeners, you'll be the first to know, or probably Instagram will be the first to know, but I will say the name. But when I, when yeah. I say it, just say that is a lovely name. Yeah, just <laughs> say that's lovely. I mean, yeah. It's amazing how people have such an opinion on your baby's name and, and literally share it. Um, and tell you about it. You're like, oh, I don't need to hear that, but thank you anyway. Bye. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I know that we have been um, chatting for England about various topics, but I do want to talk about your debut book. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe I wrote a book. Congratulations. Congrats. Tell tell me more about it. Oh my gosh, it actually feels like my fourth child. There's such a process to writing a book which I have no idea about. Um, so it's called Mama Still Got It. And it's a year in the life of a mother um, with school children uh, or nursery children. So it starts in September when kids go back to school and it's written month by month and all the things that we go through month by month. And it's and like, you know, from Easter to Halloween to World Book Day to play dates to swimming lessons to all the things that we do in a year. And there's so much, but it's written in a very lighthearted comedy way. A bit like my, it was, it's like my reels, but in a book, um, but kind of goes into more depth with all the motherhood, um, shit we go through. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few things in there that no one's ever known about. Uh, there's a few 
there's a lot of work stuff in there that no one's ever known about. There's a few um, beauty secrets, you know, without playing my own trumpet. It's it's a lovely read and it's it's been written in ways so you can pick it up at any time. Like you say, what month are we now? We're in January right now. If you get the book and you're like, oh, it's January. I'm going to read about what's going on in January. Fine. It's, you know, you can pick it up and put it down whenever you want. And um, it will hopefully make people feel like they're normal in their parenting journey. And what we all go through is completely normal and it will raise a smile or make you laugh out loud that's the whole idea so it's um a very light-hearted book on motherhood um and I can't believe I did it actually uh, I can't believe you did it with three kids and a job and you've written a book what the hell very busy <laughs> eight nine months but yes it's it, uh it's been done and I can't believe it and it's out for for mother's day so uh which was done purposely because I want people to get it as a gift for themselves for Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. So you can either buy it for yourself or start, start dropping some hints. But I imagine, I haven't read it, but I'm excited to read it. I, I, I'm i feeling like it's going to be like obviously all the relatable shit show that we go through, but in your usual humorous way. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I've read it now about five times because there's so many obviously like proofreads and edits and stuff and um, so I've been reading it for eight months and five times and I still like it which is saying something I there's still moments where I laugh out loud I mean it's, it's the kind of book that I wish that I had read before my kids started school and stuff just kind of see what was to come and what to prepare for but it, it's um yeah you know it's it's strange for me to kind of blow my own trumpet but it's a very it's a it's a nice book please go and buy it <laughs> we have to blow our own trumpet especially <laughs> as mums I feel like we don't blow our own trumpets or not so blow yeah. away but um yeah thank you so much for coming on and chatting oh, thank you it's been a pleasure. I'm gonna put all the links to well oh, your book you. if it's I presume ready for pre-order it's pre-order yes but that'd be great. Thank you so much. Well, anyway, have a lovely day. Thank Good you. luck with the book Thank and uh, we'll chat soon. Right, and for anyone that doesn't follow Louise on Instagram, I'm going to put all her details below, like oh, I mentioned. Thank you. Thank you so much. I wanted to read out this uh, Apple podcast review. It is anonymous, but it says, I absolutely love this podcast. I'm expecting my first little one in September and I have a stepdaughter. I've already dealt with a lot of judgment surrounding my stepdaughter, but listening to this has inspired me to advocate for myself and speak up more, not just for myself. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. But for my kids, having grown up in an environment where I felt like I could never speak up about opinions, this is huge. Thanks to Ashley and all her guests for being so inspiring. I absolutely love this. And do you know what? I find it so weird the judgment, like number one, I can't imagine not caring enough. That's not the right word, but I just can't imagine like thinking that I know what's right over someone else, but also I don't understand why there'd be judgment around a stepdaughter. I think it's amazing that you parent another child like your own. Yeah. Anyway, I don't understand that, but I'm glad that the podcast is helping you, um, speak up. And as always, I love, love hearing from you. Um, if you do want to get in touch, whether it's about things that we have covered today or previous episodes, um, or maybe you want to suggest um, topics or guests for future episodes, then you can get in touch like this person did on Apple Podcasts. If that's where you listen, you can leave a review. Obviously, Five Star helps other people find us, but I will not emotionally blackmail you like I do to Tommy. <laughs> or you can get in touch on WhatsApp where you can send a voice message. It's free. You can do it in Anonymous if you want. Uh, the number is 075-999-27537. Or of course, you can email me at askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com. And I will be back with another episode, same time, same place next week. <laughs>